Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the 7 a.m. A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Tuesday, May 26, 2020. And today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous and we are on page 158, the second paragraph, starting with the words on the third day. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, Janet E., Nancy P., the reference numbers for yesterday, Monday, May 25th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 14,683, and the 10 a.m. meeting is 14,684, 14683 for 7 a.m. and 14684 for 10 a.m. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Sam S. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Sam. Good morning. Thank you, Amy. Thanks for your service. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sam. I am now going to ask Janice P.M. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Janice. Well, thank you, Amy. These are the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, 
Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every every OA group are to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you so much, Janice. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted, and please try to avoid uh, speaking on a speakerphone. Today, we resume our study in the big book. We are on page 158 on the second paragraph, and I'm going to ask Janet E. to get us started. Go ahead, Janet. Thank you so much. Good morning. I'm Janet E., recovered compulsive overeater, bulimic, and restrictor in Ecuador. On the third day, the lawyer gave his life to the care and directions of his creator. 
and said he was perfectly willing to do anything necessary. His wife came, scarcely daring to be hopeful, though she thought she saw something different about her husband already. He had begun to have a spiritual experience. And so here's our turning point. This man who had been described himself as, I'm a nothing now, you know, I'm a nobody now, he said, and felt, had felt completely hopeless, um, is now beginning to have a spiritual experience. And, and so what's happened? He has given his life to the care and direction of his creator. And so now he has set his cornerstones in place. It's that willingness to believe, you know, the arch that we're building so we can walk through free people from this disease. And that's what he's doing in this process. He has his cornerstones set now. The willingness to believe in a power greater than himself. And even more than this, he's perfectly willing, perfectly willing to do anything necessary. And that means he's out of ideas. His best efforts got him right there. He's done. Stick a fork in him. He's done. And that's the point that I reached finally myself and the place I had to get to um, where there were no, I was out of ideas. And um, this was back in um, September and I had been bouncing around OA for a long, long time, you know, doing okay. You know, I was binging maybe once a month. I was really doing all right. I was thin, if not underweight, because I ended up having to gain a little bit of weight as a, the master restrictor that I am, but I wasn't free. I wasn't a free woman. And that's the difference when entire willingness comes in and that, and, and when the words that come out of my mouth are, um, uh, I'm willing to do what's necessary here. Tell me what we need to do next. When getting a sponsor and getting help with identifying my red light foods, getting help with another person, a nutritionist, never been willing to do that before, um, helped me with a food plan because I thought I knew everything. And I knew that if I didn't take, new, you know, new and different action, I couldn't get a new and different result in this program. And I kept hearing the things that those of you on the line that have this freedom said you were doing and what you had done to get that. And I had been willing to do some of it, but not all of it. And after my, my last monster binge, um, that willingness came. And I remember saying, I'm done now. This is, this is it. I'm not going to be 80 years old and still doing this. I'm not going to be 70. I'm not going to give it one more day. Um, and that process, thank you, God, began in September with a recovered sponsor. And today um, I have that freedom. I'm neutral with food which I wasn't sure could happen for me. And it did because I was willing to do the work and do anything necessary. And so what we're going to find out about this guy is just nothing but good news after in the next paragraphs that come. It's just, it's such a beautiful story. And, but we hear these stories every day on the line and it's possible for anyone. Anyone can have this, um, and we're given the instructions, and thank goodness for that and for this meeting. And I'm glad to be on the line today, and I'll pass. Thanks. 
Thank you so much, Janet, for getting us started. Okay, so before I take names to share on what was read, I just would like to ask that, you know, we value your sharing your experience, strength, and hope, but in order to give everyone an opportunity to share, we ask that you refrain from sharing to every third day. So just as an example for clarification, what that means is if you share Monday, then you wouldn't share again until the third day, which is Wednesday. So having said that, who would like to share on what was read? Vinny Elena P. Sam S. Christina J. Sam S. Christina J. I missed the first group of people. They all came in at once. So I have Sam S. and Christina Elena J. P. I don't. Oh, Elena? Yeah. T or P? Okay. P as Vinny T. Vinny? P as in Scott. Who was that? I missed you. I got Vinny T, but who was after that? Yvette L. Yvette L. Okay, can you a couple more? Is that O? Vasa. Okay. All right, Nancy we'll go with that. All right, Nancy, we'll put you in there. Okay. So here's what I have. I have Sam S., Christina J., Elena T., Vinny, Elena P., Vinny T., Yvette L., Vasa O., and Nancy P. Great lineup. Let's get it started with Sam. Please go ahead. Good morning. Thank you, Amy. Thanks for your service. Um, my name is Sam S. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Bristol, Rhode Island. Um, you know, I was reading this paragraph uh, yesterday in the eyes of a newcomer, and wow, it freaked me out, you know, um, because when I came in as a newcomer, I didn't have a, uh, a connection to God, an old connection to God. I knew that I didn't believe in God, and I was really angry um, at somebody that I didn't believe in. So, um, But I know that when I came in and someone shared their story and their spiritual experience, I gave my life over to the care and direction of this program. And that was where I could start. That was my, my rebirth. And that was my, you know, my higher power in the beginning was the steps, the spirit of the steps, because it works for everybody. And, you know, my sponsor just asked me if I was willing. And I totally was. I was out of ideas. You know, how did that work for you? How did that work for you? Um, everything, uh, all of my um, ideas had expired long past expired and they were spoiled and you know I remember telling my husband I was going to work the steps and he was really kind of quiet and like oh okay okay hope that works for you because he's seen everything fail but um you know there's something about these steps that totally changed me um I mean everything about me the the um the magic in it and in doing the actual footwork but I just wanted to share that this morning I felt so led because um, I didn't, you know, on the third, on the third day, I um, did not have that kind of relationship and my higher power had to start with the spirit of the steps in the program. So I don't know if that's helpful for anybody who's reading this, maybe as a newcomer and struggling and thinking, well, this isn't going to work for me because I don't, you know, my creator, like that was a whole different concept at that point. So um, the steps can be, for me, it was a place of my, my rebirth 
and I'm just so thankful for this program that doesn't um, have parameters and say, you have to believe this way. You know, you just have to believe, have to believe that this works, you know, have that hope. So with that, I pass. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Sam. Christina J., please go ahead. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Glad to have somebody on the line this morning to share in this wonderful turning point this guy's having. Oh, my God, we've been reading about the hard times, the kind of non-belief, the suffering and the disease, the sitting there with the eyes glazed over, and now we have this beautiful, beautiful paragraph. It brought me back to when I was 11 years old in Oakland, California, when I, my mother used to take us to this Pentecostal church, this huge Pentecostal church on Lake Merritt. Some of you may know uh, Oakland, California. But anyway, I gave my life to God in the midst of this beautiful um, church that would remind you of something that Aretha Franklin would go to, a huge, beautiful choir that sang soulful gospel music. And it just, my heart broke this morning when I saw this because I remembered the first time I gave my life to the care and direction of the Creator. But uh, I actually didn't give it to the direction of the Creator. Um, and I didn't realize I wasn't perfectly willing to do anything necessary. I didn't know about that. And it's taken me, I don't know, 50 years to get to that point um, where today I wake up and I start my morning with gratefulness, prayer, and meditation. And that really sets the tone for the day. It brings me a calmness from the craziness of my dreams and my fears that come up in the night. But at any rate... Um, I'm scarcely hopeful, like the wife sometimes, but unless I do this work every day. There's something different about me today. Um, each day I get to start with a spiritual experience. Every day I begin to have that spiritual experience every day, and it just builds on itself. Um, I'm willing to do anything necessary today. Uh, and when I don't feel like doing it, I remember the last debacle I had you know, head bent over, trying to throw up what I had just eaten because I'm not a bulimic, but I was so sick from it that I wanted to get it out of my body, um, and it wouldn't come. I mean, God made sure, and this sounds awful, but I had to go through that suffering so I could remember it because I've had many sufferings, but I have this huge built-in forgetter. It's just absolutely amazing. As soon as I start to feel good, I'm back in the food, or I used to be back in the food, but today... I'm willing to do anything necessary for today, and I know that because of that, that God will be with me, and I'll have great moments where I get to pause and feel his presence and reach out to my fellows. So this is a wonderful celebratory paragraph today for me. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Christina. Elena, Elena T., it's your turn. Elena C., as in cat, from Greenville, South ah. Carolina. Okay, Elena C. Um, Thank you. Everybody. Yeah. Good morning, everybody. And I am I just want to uh emphasize how much I am in awe of this. Um, you know, the story starts the, the story of Alcoholic Anonymous, the story starts with Bill, you know, suffering because of um a business deal. And he is put in a situation to choose between the bar and, and the church and providing service. And um, and how he finds, how he chooses God. Now, he, God chooses, God, he chooses to follow higher power and find Dr. Bob. And then together they find this man who was, 
like a whole another hopeless alcoholic that they were bla- they were labeled back then and you know they did not insist on on this and uh, this the third one bill they did not insist anything on it but they uh, beautifully you know described to him what they've been through so he related to that uh, their story and found un- that they understood where he was coming from and um then you know they kind of talked to him about there is a solution and they did not insist that they leave it at that and bill the third one he had his his share of like a process of surrendering like he was like no i don't think it's good for me maybe you're right but i'm not sure how i could do anything a lot of ambivalence and to the third day um to totally surrender and um and then ever since then you know the light like he started acting on what higher power wanted him to act, which would be, you know, carry those those values to the community and to the family, the values of the, his higher power. And for me, like waking up every morning, it's, it's that's the reminder that, you know, I am human. I'll always be human. I always have resentment that might crap, cripple up. I always have fears. And, you know, sometimes when life is more stressful, they will cripple up uh, more high, powerfully than others, other times, but they, they are there. And then I'm human. And it's, it's just the process of surrender, you know, every morning and like do take action and do my work to reach out in conscious contact with my, my beautiful, uh, amazing higher power. And um, so recovery, it's, it's one day at a time. And, but every day it builds on the previous ones. And it builds. And, okay. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Elena. Okay, Vinny T, you're up. Please go ahead. Am I being heard? I can hear you. Uh, thank you. Uh, this is Vinnie T. in North Carolina, recovered, and uh, very grateful. Um, wow, this, I don't remember, you know, the, the, this paragraph having the effect on me in the uh, previous readings that it does today. Um, for me, you know, in finding God, he found himself. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much uh, what literally happened to me, um, you know, I came into the program with no, no God, no, no idea of even how to find one, uh, how to, how, how to, uh, anything. And uh, I, you know, I, I got through step three, you know, making a decision, you know, to, to turn my will uh, over to the care of God. But, you know, I didn't, Still didn't know what that meant and you know I got all the way through step nine and was declared recovered and still nothing um, you know I mean I, I had faith in OA um, and that this would work but and then I had my spiritual experience which was literally something introducing me to myself, you know, and, and I, I would just marvel over people, you know, talking about their authentic selves. I had no idea what that was. 
And there it was, you know, there it was. I, for the first time in my life, looked at myself and saw myself as I really am, you know, um, warts and all. I mean, I am, I am not perfect. I don't, I don't meet the standards that I always thought were what we ought to look like and be. And there I was, you know, and <laughs> this is a miracle that I feel every day. I, I walk past a mirror and I can actually look at that mirror now and see myself. Um, uh, body dysmorphia, I, I, I had it for sure, you know, and now here I am recovered and living a wonderful life, appreciating my life and also working with others. You know, I never worked with others. Um, I, I was an isolator for sure. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All of you in, in OA, um, and my sponsor and my God, thank you. Um, I pass. Thank you so much, Vinny. Yvette C., I think it was. Yvette, please go ahead. Oh, good morning. This is Yvette L., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New Britain, Connecticut. Um, And I really um, love the last uh, sentence of this paragraph. He had begun to have a spiritual experience. Um, And I'm I'm so, I'm so, I'm just filled with gratitude. um, I didn't realize uh, when I fully surrendered uh, last uh, spring and summer um, that um, in, in taking the third step yet again, I had been in OA, you know, two and a half decades already at that point. Um, and I realized that, you know, Yvette's way of working this program was not working when I had started to listen to uh, these meetings. Um, so I set aside um, what I thought I knew about recovery because what I knew was not working. And I could so clearly see that. Um, so I started over, um, started with a new uh, big book sponsor, and I actually, you know, followed the instructions that, that she gave me. And I'm so grateful that I did um, because I have had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. Um, I have recovered. I am in a place of neutrality. And um, it's, uh, as you can maybe hear, um, it's making me uh, feel a little emotional this morning. Um, because I'm so grateful for the life that I have today. Um, is it perfect? Absolutely not. Um, but is it beyond anything I could imagine for myself? Absolutely. Um, I am useful to my higher power. Um, I have a relationship with my higher power that um, grows and changes every day because I have to, you know, show up every day to um, try and figure out what my higher powers will is for me. Um, and the more that I'm able to do that, um, the more that I'm guided to what, you know, my higher power wants me to do and not necessarily, you know, what my own plans and designs are. Um, God's got a much better plan for me than I could ever have for myself. Um, so my job is to just get as close as I can to that power, um, the power that does for me what I can't do for myself. Um, you know, just as an example, um, I recognized this morning, I'm not full of self-pity. And um, that used to be one of my driving factors, you know, oh, poor me, poor me, poor me. Um, And that has been removed. And I can so clearly see I didn't do that. You know, my higher power removed that from me. Um, I show up, I do what's in front of me to do. And then my higher power does what I can't do for myself. Um, So I'm just full of gratitude and so glad everybody's on this line every morning. So thanks for letting me share. I pass. 
Thank you so much, Yvette. Vasa O, it's your turn. Thank you. Please tie me, Amy. I'm Vasa, gotcha. Rita Compulsive calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And yes, I was 100% ready to admit I was powerless over the food, trying to control it over the years. And this was my last hope coming to Overeaters Anonymous. And I thank God for the person that gave me the big book. So on the third day, the lawyer gave his life to the care and direction of his creator and said he was perfectly willing to do anything necessary. So I, my sponsor, uh, the person who brought me to OA, my Abbey, introduced me to the program. 12 stepped me a little bit, told me about the, you know, food addiction, about the steps a little bit. And then she took me to my first meeting on the seventh day. And, uh, and then that's when I came from the first meeting. And the only way she said, this is going to happen if we surrender to a higher power greater than ourselves, it's going to work and, and turn my life and my will and, and work the program, work the 12 steps. And I was hesitant, you know, I was afraid. And uh, but I did it anyways because I didn't want to die. So I remember coming home, running to the through the kitchen, running the bathroom, got on my knees, and that's where when I surrendered to my higher power, the Father, the Son, whatever the higher power was, and I was really terrified. I didn't know if this God was going to strike me down or raise me because I did grow up with a fear for punishing God, but I needed to take a risk. And it was the best risk I had ever taken in my whole lifetime. I remember saying, please, God, forgive me for all the sins and help me with this food addiction. It's, and I just, I put this food in your hands. Please help me and forgive me for all the sins I had committed in my lifetime. And I had the big, biggest connection at that moment from that first meeting coming home. I felt this power go through my head to my heart. I felt like the, the power, like, uh, like putting the iron in the, so- in the socket to, uh, to heat it up. And that was the beginning of my new life with the program and the, new, the creator. And I did not believe up to that point, but I came to believe. I did the first three steps all at once. I can't, he can, and I will let you. Please help me. I got up. I felt like the weight was lifted on my shoulder. Sorry. I it up. And I went to the bathroom. I went to the kitchen. I was going to open the, the refrigerator. And I had already had my supper at that time. And that voice came back. Vasa, you just put the food in my hands. You just had your supper. I turned around and went in the bedroom. Thank you for letting me share in our pass. Thanks, you, Vasa. Okay, Nancy P., it's your turn. Hi. Excuse me. Hi, this is Nancy P. calling in from West Newton, Massachusetts. Thanks for letting me share. So, yeah, this is about my favorite topic, surrender. And um, the good news for me is that um, I surrendered. That's awesome. And this paragraph talks about um, being perfectly willing to do anything necessary. So once I surrendered, 
the rest of it was um, not difficult. It was just sort of something that had to be done. I wouldn't say it was easy, but it, it was not difficult. The surrendering, like it's sort of like we're reborn. Being born is hard work, but once you're born, you're born. So, so what this says to me is, um, or for me, anyways, I had to make a decision to stay surrendered because, yeah, I had a spiritual awakening when I worked these steps. And then after I awoke spiritually, then I began to gain experience. I sort of split hairs on that because I really feel as though I can't have spiritual. It's like a job. I have to, like, get my degree, and then I can gain experience in my chosen field. So I had to awaken first, and then I could gain experience. And that um, helped me because I make a daily decision to stay surrendered, and I had a, a really good opportunity to do that the other day because... I woke up and I didn't feel good and I had a fever. And um, I wasn't exactly convinced that I was going to die in a hospital on a ventilator, but I was pretty nervous. And, you know, but I didn't, I, I did the same thing that I did every day. I, you know, I talked to people that care about me and I, um, you know, I, I did the next right thing. I worked with my sponsees and I did not tell them that I was worried about this or that I had a concern. And, um, you know, much like my general recovery, my family hasn't said to me, oh my God, you're so much better now. You're so awesome. You're so much easier to get along with. We know how, how little you want to control things and all that. They, they don't say that to me. And when I told them about this fever thing, they didn't say, oh, my God, you better call the doctor. You better go. You better do. No one said anything. Everybody just went on with their lives. And um, the next morning, luckily, the fever was gone. And um, I, I was so grateful that I didn't waste any time being worried and being fearful. And... Um, and so that's the that's the fuel that I get. That's you know sometimes I'm very agnostic, and sometimes I'm like I don't know what's going on with this God thing. I don't even like that word. And you know, all that I know is that I have to stay surrendered. And when I surrender, it means that I don't have fear. Or when I do, if I do have fear, I do I take action in spite of it. Right? Courage to change the things I can. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's action in spite of it. And so I've stayed surrendered. I. I stayed in the space where I trust and believe that a power greater than myself is going to take care of me no matter what. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Nancy P. So we are on page 158. We are on the second paragraph. And I need to make a correction because clearly I can't count this morning when I talked about everyone sharing their experience, strength, and hope. On the third day, I gave an example, which was if you share on Monday, then said Wednesday. So that was not correct. So let me make sure I'm clear. The example is if you were to share on Monday, but please refrain from sharing until Thursday because I'm counting correctly now. So I wanted to throw that correction out there. So I'm sorry if there was any confusion. So moving along, and thank you for your patience with me, uh, who would like to share on what was read? Hi, this is I'm sorry, I didn't hear one single name there. They all came in together. Joni. Danielle. Okay, so I got Joni. Danielle. Oh. Danielle. 
Larry K. Gloria K. Katie F. Who else was that? Gloria K. Say that again? Didn't get you. Gloria K. Gloria. Gotcha. Thank you. Vanita L. Vanita. Okay, we're going to hold on that. I'll say I've got Joni. I didn't get your initial. Danielle, Larry K, Katie F, Gloria K, and Anita L. Another awesome lineup. Okay, so Joni, and I didn't get your um, initial, please. Hi, this is Joni C. Thank you for letting me share. Thank Um, you. Go ahead. um, The... this paragraph to me, what I thought was that I was one who scarcely dared to be hopeful. When I when I first called Vision for You, I was the one who was like, wow, these people are really different. They're serious. They're not playing around. They weigh and measure their foods. They they don't eat sugar, they don't eat flour, or at least I'd heard a lot of them. And uh, I was like, wow. And, you know, I just, and they said if I followed the steps, and that was another thing new. I'd gone to OA before, but I'd never um, studied the big book. And, and, uh, certainly not to go paragraph by paragraph and I'm just so grateful and um, I'm free from my sugar addiction and my flour addiction and um, uh, I'm and I'm off of my diet Pepsi which I had a huge I drank well over 12 pack a day and I'm just so grateful to have that and um I just want to thank you. Have a great day, and I pass. Thank you, Johnny C. All right, Danielle, it's your turn. Please go ahead. Good morning, everyone. This is Danielle O. from Northern New York. Grateful to be here today. I'm grateful to be here today. I am just really here to just claim my seat this morning. Uh, I, I was abstinent in OA for 10 years and for the past couple of years had this notion that I could just live on uh, a spiritual life that meant not doing the steps. And I'm finding that after gaining 40 pounds back, you know, it doesn't feel good. And I had to admit complete defeat again. And I, that is where I am today. I, God willing, I'll have one day abstinent today. And I just wanted to claim that because I know I need to be here. I know that I'm a you know, a food addict. I'm in recovery today. I, I've always relied and wanted the steps in my life, and I, they're, 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 I have, they're a hand away, and all I have to do is pick up the, the solution. And I'm thankful for the people here on this meeting this morning and uh, those who call, and I appreciate it. So thank you. Well, Danielle, welcome. We are so happy to have you here. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Okay, Larry Kay, you're up. Thanks, Amy. Appreciate your service uh, this morning. You know, step three can take uh, 30 years or it can take 30 seconds. 
Um, willingness isn't the same as wanting. And, and instead, um, acceptance or willingness is being willing to experience, experience difficult thoughts, sometimes with struggle, sometimes without struggle, in the service of our values. And it's for me, it's that without struggle part that could be the trickiest because as soon as I'm struggling to try to change or alter my thoughts or feelings, and that's, that's not me in the background there, Amy, um, when I try to change and alter my, my thoughts and feelings, I, I'm not really, you know, willing to operate unless they go away. And that puts me in a power struggle. And one of my favorite metaphors for willingness, um, you know, imagine extending your, your hand out and having a feather placed in your palm. The feather, you know, it's soft, it's pleasant, you can hold it gently. Now imagine extending your, your hand and having a small cactus placed in your open palm. The cactus, it's, it's prickly, it's unpleasant, and you can hold it gently. And I didn't realize that I could, I could hold that unpleasantness gently as I move forward with the steps. See, that's willingness. Now, I wasn't willing for a long time. Being willing to let the cactus be there without struggle. You can imagine what happens when you begin to struggle with the cactus. You know, you can hold a cactus gently and you can learn how to hold difficult thoughts and feelings gently. And I didn't know that. See, so if you notice yourself going through a particular challenging time at this point in the process, you might imagine holding these difficult thoughts and feelings. I mean, I want the food like crazy sometimes. Can I hold that like a prickly cactus? I've, I've told sponsees, I know I've occasionally told sponsees, go out and buy a little cactus as a reminder. I suggest that to them. Um, we need metaphors sometimes. Willingness is an action. It's, it's like driving a car. You know, am I going to stand next to my car until I understand how it works, Every all the computerized functions and, and this and that? Or am I going to just accept that it works and get in the damn car and drive home? If my goal is to get home, and we say, welcome home, welcome home. If my, if my goal is to get home, how, how am I going to understand, how is my understanding every, of every nuance, every computer function of the car, how is that going to help me to get there? At some point, these are layers of surrender, right? So I hope that helps. With that, I pass. Thanks, Amy. Thanks so much, Larry. Okay, Katie F., your turn. Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater, and my worst intimidation in this program is is um is all the minds that are much more educated than mine, but but that doesn't matter. Um, I just know that I can read this paragraph and say that that's what happened to me. That up to the point of working um, a program that actually worked, as opposed to fighting it, um, I was not willing to do what this paragraph is talking about. It says that. Um, he gave his life to the care and direction of his creator, and he was perfectly willing to do anything necessary. And that is the exact opposite of how I had treated my program up to that point. I had been in OA for six years, and I had held up my hands, felt like I'd literally held up my hands in meetings and said, I surrender, I surrender. And yet that had absolutely no effect on my life because I was not willing to do what was necessary. I wasn't willing to say no when someone invited me out to eat when I was newly abstinent. I wasn't willing 
to go to the grocery store when the food I needed wasn't available. I wasn't willing to go to bed early and allowed myself to get tired and, you know, lose my perspective and ability to make good decisions. I wasn't willing to do much of anything. I wanted the program to work without any effort on my part. And today, you know, I have um, uh, several 24 hours behind me. And so I can say, I am willing to do what I did yesterday. And if God wants me to do more, then I'll do more. I am not doing less than I did when I started my abstinence um, several years ago. I'm doing more because this is a progressive disease and it's a progressive um, life that we live, that it's, we stay recovered based on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. And that means that I can't rest on my laurels on what I did last week, last year, last century. I need to be doing um, the same things today that got me to a place of neutrality with food so many years ago. And that's what I do. Um, I reach out to newcomers. I take calls. I, um, I weigh and measure my food. I buy my food. I prepare my food. I um, <clears throat> read the steps. I practice the steps in all my affairs. I practice anonymity. I return calls. I, I do everything that I need to do in order to stay in this lifeboat. You know, as people have said, you know, if, half, if all of us got out of the boat and there's just one person with one oar, then they're just going to go in circles. And if I'm that person left in the boat because I've made everybody so crazy in my life that no one wants to be around me, then I'm going to just go back to where I was. And I don't have to do that today. And I'm so grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Perfect timing. Thank you, Katie F. Gloria K. Please go ahead. Hi, this is Gloria Kay in South Florida. So glad to be on the line today. I got up a few minutes late, but oh my God, I love what they're saying here because it's all about it's all about the essence of this program, as I see it, is turning our life onto the direction of our Creator. And he said was perfectly, the guy was perfectly willing to do anything necessary. And then um, that, you know, it's the spiritual part of this program. And with the food for me, this is the only thing that's ever helped me from day one. And day one, I started in 19, oh my God, 1986. But I, you know, I had a few years and, you know, got a little floppy, then it's more, I always stayed around the program. It's like the mafia. Once you're in, you'd like to stay in. I wouldn't leave. And the vision has brought um, not only my program, but a lot of people's programs, even though I'm not, not on here every day. I got a very, very, very busy life. But um, I just love it because it's, it's, it's all about our God. And he can do for us what we can't do for ourselves. So thank you all to the visionaries for being on. And um, I love the program, and um, I'm going to be here until I die listening. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Gloria. Anita L., your turn. Please go ahead. Hi. It's actually Vanita. It has a V. It's like Anita, but it starts with a V. Okay. Um, hi, thank Vanita you. L. Oh, thank you so much for being the meeting. Um, 
Hi, this is Vanita, a compulsive overeater in Georgia. And, um, yeah, you know, when I came into OA, I heard a lot for a long time, right, that I needed to surrender my weight over to God. And being a weight obsessor, um, that didn't make any sense to me, surrendering my weight over to God, my weight and my food. And it took me actually probably a couple of years before I got it. And I don't even know if I could explain it, but I just started to say, you know what, I don't know what I'm supposed to weigh. Because before that, I always knew what I was supposed to weigh and um, or what I wanted to weigh. And I see with a lot of compulsive overeaters that I work with, the weights they decide they need or want um, don't necessarily seem realistic. So that was a huge surrender. And I love this paragraph because to me, you know, lawyers and doctors, you know, they're sort of like the symbols of success in our society. Though a lot of times, you know, they can also, there's obviously come in lots of varieties, but they also in my mind are symbols of like sometimes egoism and false success and stuff. So I love the analogy, I love the, I love the description of a lawyer surrendering to their higher power because for me, um, uh, it, it's easy for me in the program to think it's what I'm doing that is working, and I just have to realize that it's not the psychological stuff I'm working or whatever. It's always good for me with, with vision to always be reminded of the spiritual basis of this program and that I do those things so that I stay um, connected. Thank you for everybody for being there. I love everybody. and. Um, Blessings to everybody. Thank you, Vanita. Okay, so we have time for about, well, one, two shares. Who would like to chime in? You could split it between two people, two and a half minutes each, or we could just do one share. Patricia I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. Nancy? MD. MD? Diane B. Diane. Okay. Anybody else? Matt F. Okay. All right, let's go with Diane B. and Matt F. I'm going to give you guys two and a half minutes each. Okie dokie. Go ahead, Diane. Sorry about that. I was muted. Um, Hi, this is Diane B. from New York. And um, thank everybody for your service. And I also want to apologize that I got on the line too late and got locked out. I was supposed to do service today. And my amends to you is that when I have a service opportunity again, I will get on the line earlier. But getting back to this paragraph, um, 
You know, I had to be willing to go to any lengths, and that was one of the things that my sponsor asked me, was I ready, was I willing? Because the only requirement for membership in this program is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Well, I could have the desire all I want, but if I don't take the action and I'm not willing to go to any lengths, nothing's going to change for me, nothing's going to happen. So now when I sponsor, excuse me, I ask the same question of my protege, that are you willing to do this work? Are you going to do this no matter what? Because um, otherwise there's no way that we could have a, I could have a spiritual experience, and I don't think that anybody else could either, or a spiritual awakening. Um, so, yeah, and I also heard recently that we have to look at those three um, ABC points right before we get to step three when we read um, Into Action, and if I'm not if I'm not clear on those, I can't move forward. I have to go back. So I just wanted to say thank you for all of your service, and I pass. Thank you, Diane. Uh, appreciate your men's. Also, there was an error of people getting locked out by accident. So um, just wanted to let you know. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Okie dokie. Thank you for your service and willingness to serve. And Matt F., you are up. Please go ahead. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you for your service this morning. This is Matt F. from Philadelphia, living in Chicago. And uh, what I wanted to say this morning is that uh, for a long time, I felt like uh, recovery should be, I felt like it was the center of a, of a circle, of a plate, ironic, that was balanced on a point. And that my, that my recovery was like this, the center point of that plate balanced on that, that very sharp point, and that I just had to stay there. And the problem was that, like, every time the wind changed, every time someone put something on the plate, every time I breathed, everything changed, and I would slip off the center of the circle. And for a long time, this is before the program, I, <clears throat> I would become discouraged, and I would feel like I'm a failure again. And for me, since my disease is the voice inside me that says, you are a worthless piece of crap. You have no value. Every time that happened, my disease was like, see, I was right. What I have learned in this program is that it is about action. It is not about inaction. It is not about finding my way to the center of the plate, balanced on the point, and staying there forever. Recover, that's, that's being recovered, but I don't feel like I'm ever recovered for more than a split second at a time. For me, recovery is about finding my way back to the center of that plate, that center of that circle balanced on that point all the time. And the same goes for willingness. You know, being, being willing to take the next action, to do the, the next right thing, it's, it's a journey, not a destination. The first time I heard that was in relation to computer security, and I was like, well, that just shouldn't be the way it is. But you know what? That's the way everything worthwhile is. Once I've arrived, the journey doesn't end. It's about finding my way back to that place all the time. That's the work. That's why this is a practical practical program of action, not a practical program of arrival. And I pass. Thank you so much, Matt. Perfect timing. I'd like to thank everyone who has shared today. Please join us for another awesome second unrecorded hour study immediately following the closing of this one.
The share ID for today, 7 a.m., Tuesday, May 26, 2020. Recording ID is 14,690. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And um, Diane B., if you're still there, you want to go ahead and read a vision for you? Thank you. With pleasure. Thank you very much. Okay, let me see. Let me get it out. This is Diane B. in New York. Um, Okay. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Excuse me. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.